Betty bought her bought some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I bake this bitter butter, it would make my batter bitter. So it was better. Betty bought her bought a bit of better butter, made her bitter better better. Dang, I did the short version. Hang on. <laughs> yeah, we, <laughs> the whole, we need the whole cut. Yeah. <clears throat> Betty bought her bought some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I bake this bitter batter, it would make my batter bitter. So Betty bought her bought a bit of better butter, better than her bitter butter. So it was better. Betty bought her bought a bit of better butter, made her bitter batter better. It's very impressive. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful warm-up exercise that was. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay. The way we usually approach it, Calvin and I just, you know, like jerk around for 10 minutes and then we finally hit the record button. <laughs> I was drama club president in a past life. I know these things. It shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see. I could see the drama club. Yeah. I ruled through fear, but. <laughs> Stop reciting Betty Botter bought some butter at us. Please. <laughs> We know you can do it fast. So what's the what's the whole story of the Betty Botter? What's what's going on with her? Well, Betty Botter bought some butter, but she said this butter's bitter. If I bake this bitter butter, it would make my batter bitter. So Betty Botter bought some better butter, better than her bitter butter. So twas better Betty Botter bought some better butter, made her bitter batter better. We're just trying to make a better podcast, if you know what I mean. <laughs> We're on episode 143 of the Twin Geek Cast. We're doing a seasonal approach with our, our new um, show format. Our friend Murph's here. David and I are here as always. And we have six more of these Rankin and Bass specials. This was a, a tumultuous watch. This was a, a very difficult a, watch. This was a pretty pretty mixed bag. Yes. But uh, some very short ones in this. I think they're mostly all under... 30 minutes say for like two of them there's two two of them i think creep towards the hour mark and i you could probably argue that they're two of the better ones as well uh, i don't know no, we'll, we'll see there's it's definitely a mixed bag an interesting bag here um and i think and, this one probably has the most like obscure specials maybe i don't know there's some there's some weird ones in the next batch too so yeah i've seen any from this batch before this is one qu- oh i saw of course the year without a santa claus um right okay. which that's, our, that's our that's the first one here right yeah absolutely yeah yeah so that's the first one and i think that's the one probably most people have seen aside from rudolph the red-nosed reindeer itself this is maybe the most aired or at least the, the one i was most familiar with growing up yeah me too um, maybe yeah, uh, Year Without a Santa Claus. And uh, it's definitely still one of my favorites. Uh, watching again, uh, just remind, it, it felt like the, the encapsulation of all of the very fluffy feelings, the expansion on the, the, the universe they're already kind of building with the, the repeating characters that bring back mm-hmm. Mickey Rooney as Santa and such. And um, and I think really taking it then and, and, and expanding even further with characters like the Miser Brothers and stuff who might be... Okay. One of the more iconic creations that the Rankin Bass have managed to churn out. So famous, they got a 2008 sequel about them. They did. <laughs> I don't I'm finding out so much good info. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of weird. I, I don't know how I feel about like the properties of other people's work being carried on after their death. You know, yeah. I mean, in some. I, I guess in some examples, but this one it feels really weird. <laughs> and very corporate as well, like, especially. <laughs> like Jesus, he keeps getting wrapped into these specials despite being dead for a few years. <laughs> oh. I was thinking about how, how A Year Without Santa Claus being as an adult is a little different. It's about like two brothers like bickering over like rant, 
land rights, right? Like they're yeah, like they're just frustrated at each other. They want this South Town USA for themselves. They want to uh, mm-hmm. follow their own weather patterns. I mean, it's also it's also about you know this uh, the idea of the belief in Santa. I think there's there's one moment that I think really stands out for it. The song, uh, the, the I believe in Santa Claus song, where they're all singing that to the the kid who's kind of got this smug attitude about Santa, and and I like not not only the the lyricism of it with Jules Bass's words, but the the, the kind of serene. Uh, spirit that it conveys and, and i felt really touched watching it still like i think it really transcends the corniness that you kind of usually expect the the overly saccharine quality of these, uh, of these specials that we love. we're talking about or just the, the these christmas specials in general and christmas specials as a concept in general uh, yeah, they're they're innate, yeah. they're innately corny but i think this one really like like, like at least in that song you know it's, it, it taps into something really genuine and touches me it does the one thing I like from the um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town where we have like the continuing song where the Miser Brothers play off each other. Um, mm-hmm. Their songs are really great put together. They're, they're so much fun. Again, they're, I think they're iconic for these specials for a reason. They're such a hoot and their their performers are really giving it their all and, and just <laughs> it, breathing so much life into these characters. Oh, yeah. Well, I think um, when I was a kid, I always thought that like, Oh, and Heat Miser's the mean one, and Snow Miser's the no pun intended the cool one. Yeah, because he's all fun and funny. But now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, Snow Miser's like a serial killer. Yeah, you don't you don't know what his intent is. He could just turn you into an ice sculpture for a lark. I I want to hang out with Heat Miser. At least he wears his intent on his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, uh, Mrs. Claus is like this. Uh, you know, this guy's such a ham. We don't know if we could trust this. Uh... Yeah. This other fella here. <laughs> I do I do like uh Mrs. Claus in this especially. She's also got a, a really great presence in it. Again, unlike uh some of the other earlier specials, uh as the narrator, she becomes a prominent character and an agent mm-hmm. of the story as well. And uh mm-hmm. Shirley Booth does a really wonderful job embodying the kind of grandmotherly quality of Mrs. Claus uh in it. And it shows that she could take over Christmas. She has big girl boss energy here. Which is great. Yeah. Any, anyone can be Santa. Yeah. <laughs> I fantasized about it a lot. Any girl boss in the world could be Santa Claus. <laughs> I like um I like Mickey Rooney back as Santa Claus. It really mm-hmm. feels like a continuation of Santa Claus coming to town, except I don't really buy this version of Mrs. Claus as a continuation of Jessica from Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I was doing something different with Mrs. Claus in these specials. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely appreciate, like I said, I agree that having Mickey Rooney back, it feels right. And I noticed that even more so with a later special where they didn't bring Mickey Rooney back. And immediately I noticed it and I was like, this is wrong. This is not right. It's the, it's the same puppet and a different voice and I'm not okay with it. Uh, you have a problem with Paul Freeze's take? No, no, I just, I need, like, I need Mickey Rooney back is all. I, I just, that's who Santa is to me. Santa is Mickey Rooney. Well, he's he came back in the Miser Brothers Christmas. He, he also came back in another one. He came back in 4th of July, which we'll get to next week, mm. so. So that's good, at least. He's not gone forever. I'd say it's I one of my favorite depictions of Santa Claus, actually, this Mickey Rooney in these specials. Just just in general, oh, yeah. like like yeah. media depiction. Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, that's I, what I, I think of a lot. I like I mean, his, uh, his very gravelly voice. It, it's still very warm and, you know, friendly still. But, and, and he has this great 
He's a very human Santa. Yeah, that's true. I watched uh, Santa with Muscles, which has Hulk Hogan <laughs> as Santa Claus last night. And I have to say, Ooh. he doesn't quite hold up to Mickey Rooney's standard. I, I do like these Santa Clauses lately where they're uh, like the Kurt Russell Santa Claus. Like, yeah, I don't eat the cookies either. He's he's going the uh, Hulk Hogan route. <laughs> I like the healthy Santa Claus that is uh, given better life choices. Um, I uh, A friend of mine says that the best Santa is the one that gives the best hugs. Oh, and I think I think Mickey Rooney Santa gives some very warm hugs. I think so. I can see it. Yeah, I feel it. Uh, I just I, and like you said, it, this one does definitely go out of its way to make it more of like a human Santa. Again, just seeing the the kind of like like he's not invincible that he struggles with like the the yeah. yearly tradition here, and especially like if there's a lack of faith in him, you know, or that he can be discouraged. Uh, just by the one the, the the one cranky doctor is that's yeah. it's the only this like like you know uh, testimony he takes. He's like, oh, maybe the world doesn't want me after all. Just this one I mean, crotchety yeah. doctor tells him nobody cares. I mean, I, I know it's it's trite to say about a children's Christmas special, but this one really has like the most paper thin logic. Like if you <laughs> like think about any of the characters, like why they're doing what they're doing, it doesn't add up. Like, no one believes in Santa, yet he puts out, like, a, a worldwide press release that he's taking a holiday. <laughs> right. Yeah, there, there, there are pictures to, of they Santa. They have to alter the weather of a town in the south in order to get a reindeer disguised out of, as a dog out of the pound. But, but they, Santa rolls up and just says, that's a reindeer, and gets it out. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the, the, the whole impetus for them, like, contacting the Miser Brothers is immediately undone without their knowledge yeah it's it's like a sierra game (laughs) floating on this like point and click logic these do operate with adventure game logic sometimes i think that's a good Mm -hmm. connection to make especially that sierra where the obscurity of the logic isn't always just like it's just something that gets done and and it functions as a excuse to move a plot it's not like a a logical extension of a, a plot itself yeah, I think this is the funniest Rankin Bass special. Maybe. I think so. I think so. I think it's also, at least of what we've seen so far, I think it's also possibly the best animated. Uh, oh yeah, it, definitely. It's definitely it's a lot more fluid than, than a lot of the other ones, and they do a lot more with the characters. They give them a lot more actions, um, you know, and, and for a lot more jokes. Uh, like I, I was thinking about it, like how they have to animate Mrs. Claus kind of frantically ironing and then picking up the wooden block instead to do mm-hmm. that and that's yeah. that's a lot of animation effort for them for for a visual joke that they do that they, they don't necessarily do in the previous specials oh yeah and like the musical numbers are so much more dynamic um you know now they're like the characters are like going into like fantasy sequence and flying around and stuff it's just very it's very whimsical it's a very fun special yeah. i think there's a reason why it gets so much more airtime compared to the other ones Oh yeah, yeah. I like how inventive it is too. I like that it's skirting around like usual holiday tropes and kind of creating its own stories there, especially with the Miser mm-hmm. Brothers. Um, this is, these are this is apparently based based on a novel of some kind. It yeah, is, so. I don't it know. Says at the start based on okay. a novel, but I have never been able to find it. Like I searched <laughs> on Amazon, and all I can find is DVDs of this. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure. So, like, where whereas I feel like. I want to say that the strength of it is how it does its originality in, in bringing these new characters to the screen. But if it is just repurposing 
you know, characters from a novel, I, I have a hard time wanting to say that confidently, but at least I can say that it's not just an adaptation of a song now. It is expanding on what they've established before and, and doing so um, very well. Yeah, and the songs in this are some real bangers. They're, they're all great. I love all of the songs in this. Again, may, maybe only slightly less than Rudolph. Rudolph also has just so many bangers in it, but this yeah. one, especially, again, if we're just talking about the, the songs that at least Jules Bass had a hand in, that maybe this one's the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's my favorite version of Blue Christmas. Suck it, Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like I like this version of Blue Christmas too, and the way it's implemented narratively feels very satisfying too. The the child performance they get of it, uh, no, I think it really hits you in the heart at that moment. I mean, I think Except... Santa does deserve a holiday, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might at this well, point. I guess the question is again. That's always the question of this: is is Santa busy working all year round and then has to work extra hard on Christmas or is he just literally just employed one day a year? You know, that's, I that's the question I we've always wondered. Got some managerial duties. He has to like fire the elves. Yeah. <laughs> fire the elves. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I imagine that they're working on toys all year. At least, at least in my mind, that's how Santa's, operation has always functioned but and, and then he just has a, a really really stressful day one day out of the year but otherwise it's pretty much a nine to five man but for mm -hmm. the people who perpetuate this idea that santa only works one day a year they probably would protest the idea that he needs vacation next up we have the first christmas the story of the first christmas snow which is neither a movie about the first christmas nor the first christmas snow okay so this is the one I had never heard of before. Like I've seen yeah. all the Rankin Bass specials multiple times across multiple <laughs> years. All, all of them, even the bad, like the, the really bad ones we've talked like, about I, so I, far. I swear to God, this is some Mandela effect shit. Cause I, <laughs> I looked at lists of Rankin Bass specials and I had never seen this one on there before. <laughs> Well, what, and what's interesting as well is that it's not like this is a, a you know forgotten one because it's not within the style of their other ones, the, the famous ones with the Animagic ones. It's an Animagic film, yeah, uh, and it's completely been overlooked and forgotten about, um, with good reason, I guess we should say. Mm. <laughs> this one's this one's very limp. Uh, I mean, the title is a lie, but it is about them putting on a play about the first Christmas. It's not necessarily the first Christmas happens here. It's like their pageant. I guess, but then they say that it snowed on the first Christmas, which I'm fairly certain that's not true. Yeah. There's just, no snow in Bethlehem. It's also just, uh, it's a bad title to begin with. It has first, ti first Christmas in the title twice. twice like, just yes. to really <laughs> emphasize that this is about the first Christmas. <laughs> yeah, this one's like about some nuns uh, save a little a boy who's blinded by the lightning. Yep, just act of God lightning in the very beginning blinds a kid, which is again and, a pattern now in these Rankin Bass films that we're getting freak accidents and then, of and blinding. Father Thomas is there, and he's like, "Well, we're not supposed to care for orphans. Send him away." see there's there's a whole song about not celebrating christmas early and making everyone yeah. take down the decorations save a little christmas for christmas david <laughs> which which is it seems very like averse messaging to your christmas special well they've already yeah. got all the decorations out and he's yeah. like no no <laughs> put it away 
And it's like a celebratory song. It's like an upbeat song about having to put everything away. No, it's not a villain song. The the nuns join in. Right. No, no, it's like a, it's again, it's like this idea of coveting the, the, you know, practice of Christmas and saving. But again, the the visual of it just feels very in, you know, a contest with that because like they're literally tearing down all the Christmas decorations. Yeah. Maybe that's the reason the special doesn't get any airplay because what what radio station's going to put on a Christmas song about how you shouldn't be playing Christmas songs yet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it, it and you can only watch it on Christmas without feeling bad about doing so. so. Yeah. There's uh, also a, a feeling about it, like there's the boy who's blind, Lucas, and he kind of has like a Down syndrome look. Um, <laughs> I was very concerned about him. These are much more detailed puppets. That like I, that's the first thing I noticed that their eyes are much more detailed. They have, like, irises and pupils and stuff. Yeah, it's a little creepy. Um, a little unnerving. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like, I genuinely don't have much to say about this one compared to the others. There's no, it's... like... They say White Christmas, which was a surprise. Yeah. They, they're also literalizing the Christmas card thing by talking about, like, the origin of Christmas cards, which is a, oh. a strange thing to put in. Like, like nobody realize they could do christmas cards i don't know it's such a strange invention to be interested in or, or to yeah, have an interest in detailing right invented by was invented by nuns in uh <laughs> tuscany question mark oh yeah. and, and even with all that like the it also manages to somehow you know make the sin of dipping into the you know religious symbolism too much you know so that that becomes a part of it and kind of entangled and that becomes an under uninteresting facet of it where you know it tries to you know push forward uh, you know that that further aspects of it um but yeah this was a weird adaptation of black narcissus it's just really like and again it's only 22 minutes and that's kind of the shocking thing about all of this is that it's it's it has a real forced third act conflict where some kids decide to shit on the blind kid and steal his sheep and yeah yeah. (laughs) why the What's this all for? I this is a lot of description for a film that we all felt very little for, ultimately. Well, I just rewatched it before we started, just to remind myself. Because <laughs> I have some, I have, I have some takes when we get to the ranking on this one. Okay, uh, I'm, 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 this. I'm, I'm happy to move on to the next one, so we can, you know, because I think we've we've done this uh, one. It's, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> from uh, Benedetta prequels to uh, the Little Drummer Boy book. To another strange title, another title that doesn't oh, yeah. quite sell what it is. This is like a direct sequel that takes place immediately after Drummer Boy. They feel like they could be one movie in a way. Yeah, and theoretically I, I, takes place in the same night? Question mark. I, I don't know if I'd say they could be the same movie because tonally they're wildly different. Oh yeah, and, and I'm not gonna lie, I love this. I love this one. You did? This was wild. This yeah this one's kind of fun <laughs> it's, um it doesn't feel like its length as much like again i think it's about the same length as the first one yeah no it's, and, th- it's and that one 25. that one feels like it has nothing in it like and, it, and it's yeah. over and done with but this one has a story like shit happens here and, and you get to follow along and yeah and i think that's one of the, the biggest selling points is that zero mustel is a fantastic ham and it's got a catchy ass damn song in the middle of it 
the zero mustel singing yeah 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 <laughs> and i love it it's it was it had me in stitches i loved the money it's, song the song's so good they sing it three times yeah it's <laughs> a lot they, of that yeah zero mustel he's he plays a roman centurion collecting taxes and he sings it to his boys about how money's good and then the drummer boy shows up it's like i can i can sing the money song yeah and, <laughs> Sounds like a lot. we don't need a drummer boy. We can sing the song ourselves. <laughs> then he decided that money isn't what he needs for trade, and he just fucking takes his sticks and his drum burns them anyway. Well, because they need a fire. They got to melt down the silver bells. Yeah, but after yeah, all this talk about how you should trade and use money to collect your goods, yeah, he just well, goes for it. Yeah, uh, money is funny, but force is better. Money, 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 money. <laughs> I don't remember the rest of the words, but I remember that part. It's the gold that makes you rich. Money, money, money. money, money. money. It's the gold and silver rich. <laughs> it's a great song. I guess yeah. I'm surprised you guys like this one so much. Uh, it, it sounds like you didn't like it as much. <laughs> I feel like it, about equivalent with the, the Little Drummer Boy, there's that, that bit in the middle that is pretty amusing with the money and the, yeah. the card there. But uh, I, I mean, I didn't feel anything about it after. I haven't I, thought about it once I watched it. I can't get that song out of my head. I'm I was very surprised by it and had so much fun. I was yeah. like, I'm well, gonna watch it again before the season's over. Okay. It's no wonder it came out like in conjunction with a Fiddler on the Roof, even though Zero Mostel wasn't in that. He was the film version at least. Not the film version, but he, he originated uh the, the role on stage. It, this came out uh and, and then well, they, this um, came out also of- uh, the same time as the film for uh, a funny thing happened on the way of the forum. Oh, yeah, Zero Mostel oh, was yeah. all over the place on broadway at the time so yeah what a get for rankin bass yeah he's great again i I think uh you know he's fantastic in this i I don't know if i want to say one of the best of the celebrity like cameos they get because they get a lot of them very good for the special (laughs) he is and i a lot of like muttering and threatening glares (laughs) i still don't like the drama vanishes from the plot I still he's, don't like Aaron. I don't think he's a good character. I don't think he has any depth. Still. No, he's had a yeah. yeah. He, he's he's more boring in this because he's just a nice boy now. I mean, he's he was already he had, boring. He had fight. Yeah. I I at least feel that there, there's enough like supplement going on. Like I also like that they tried to. Uh, I I just like the idea that they tried to somehow integrate the silver bells mythos into the, like an explanation yeah. here somehow no, too. No, I just they, they rescue the silver bells and yeah. then on those silver bells they play the song. Do you hear what I hear? <laughs> right, <laughs> the song that this traditional silver bells Christmas song. I want to call attention to this letterbox review that says that camel looks like a piece of fried chicken. <laughs> well, in the spirit of sequels. Uh, a lot of these were sequels. We have uh, Frosty's Winter Wonderland, uh, which also gets some airtime, surprisingly. Yeah. I remember this one a little bit. Um, you know, it was, it was definitely one I'd seen before. And, um, and again, an- another one where it's kind of like continuing on, you know, building off of what they had before. Yeah, well, instead of... Um, uh, what's the name of the narrator? Uh, they, they had. Uh, um, uh, oh, right. Uh, now, now you put me on the spot. Uh, Calvin, 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 yes. man. Jimmy Durante. Jimmy Durante. Instead of Jimmy Durante, uh, they've got in. 
Andy uh, Griffith. They got Andy yeah, Griffith. Yeah, Andy Griffith in a nightmarish caricature. <laughs> <laughs> it is that, a terrifying portrait. That's like when Peter Lorre was on the Looney Tunes. There's, I, the whole idea of um, Frosty also building his wife is extremely creepy and oh, yeah. also nightmarish. It's Yeah, but the premise is, is that Frosty's lonely because he doesn't live anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so so he, the kids are like, well, what if you had a wife to, to love you? And he's like, that's a great idea. Make me a wife. <laughs> and then he instructs them how to build her. And he's like, I, I, want, a, I want her to be a bit bigger, a bit rounder. That's, that's direct dialogue. I'm not making this up. He, he wants like a little more junk in the trunk. <laughs> that's definitely um, the, the, the creepiest part of it. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then and then the rules of how snowmen come to life are just completely thrown out the window. You don't need a magic hat. You just need oh, love. Really. Yeah. 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 Or Jesus. Well they need they needed something like symbolic still again, but they tried a couple things. So it was like it was the flowers finally that got that, that brought crystal to life. But then yeah. it was something she else. You have to hold on to those to right. stay alive. Right, but that was what was needed. And then for the parson, they needed the Bible. Yeah, because Paul Freeze as Jack Frost shows up, which which, um, which might be the best thing about the whole special is. Oh, I lo- I love I love uh, Jack Frost in this. He's very <laughs> goofy. Uh, I have a lot of fun with uh, Paul Freeze in this one as as Jack Frost. I know he comes up again in a later one as well, not the actual Jack Frost film, but same design, same clothes. Yeah, yeah. So maybe canonically the same, just different interpretation. But yeah, I think as an antagonist, he's probably better than the antagonist in the first Frosty film, the magician or whatever, who is very inert. Mm-hmm. Here, he at least feels like he's disruptive. I like how I, I just like how casual he is showing up. Like he just appears to the children and is like, "I'm I'm the spirit of winter," <laughs> and the kids are like, "Oh, that's neat." Ooh, yeah, they don't care. Snowman. <laughs> He doesn't have much yeah. effect at first, right? I mean, well, they he gets just distracted go on about their because, yeah, yeah, he thinks he got him by getting the hat, and so he, he disappears for a little while, and then eventually, it was a horse's hat. <laughs> yeah, eventually, once he catches on, then he starts causing trouble again. But it, generally, I, I I do like that while he is very antagonistic and has the ability to interrupt them, he's kind of entirely ineffective. <laughs> Yeah. No, and then they just they just befriend him by saying like, "Oh, you could be the best man at our wedding." Yeah, <laughs> because um, all he all he wanted was validation. That's all Jack yeah. Frost really wanted. <laughs> and then um, and Parson Brown shows up from the song, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I oh I I didn't realize I was marrying snowmen. That that's against the law." <laughs> I, I could get busted party. for that. Jesus, so the, kids down create, on that shit. the kids create another life. Yes. Like they just have this power. Um, and, and the snow parson shows up and marries them, and then he's gone from the movie. Um, I, <laughs> what ha- what happens I, to him? I know because Frosty and Crystal got to go back to the North Pole, but like, is Snow a, Parson just doomed to wander the Earth? There's forever? a real sad story there because he was brought into. He's the third of his kind, and he was brought in to marry the only other two of his kind. <laughs> And then they're like, well, we get the, it's getting hot again. We got to get Crystal and Frosty to the North Pole. But what about the snow parson? Oh, this one's kind of a mess. Uh, it doesn't really make sense, does it? I, I think it's, 
I, I think, think it makes about it. as much sense as uh, the first Frosty. The first Frosty. Yeah. I, I feel largely about this the same as I do the first one. I like a lot of the originality it brings. It it does get a little cluttered towards the end, and I think the simplicity of the first Frosty might edge it out because of that. But generally, I it's feel like cool. on the same level. Yeah. The animation's a lot rougher compared to that too. very clean look of the first Frosty special. It's the same. Um, it's the same character designer, though. I don't know why they didn't carry over the kid characters from the first frosty it was also clean it looked so nice and aesthetic in the yeah. first one yeah again, and, like and you didn't have a backgrounds and, yeah and, and again nightmare andy griffith you know <laughs> there's a part where he like pulls into frame and his <laughs> eyes are looking in two different directions very weird it feels it's like a jump scare <laughs> I, feel, I feel i feel bad on andy griffith's behalf but he does a good <laughs> job with the song I, I think he's a i think he's a capable narrator i like him here oh yeah and and it should also be noted that shelly winters as crystal is probably the smartest casting they ever sure. they ever implemented you think she was just casted based on her name i she has to be but you know yes. <laughs> <laughs> like like whether or not she gives a good performance is secondary after that hmm. <laughs> Maybe the most interested I was was in this Rudolph shiny New Year. I mean, I didn't really know anything about this, and I was a little bit blown away by their invention again. Like they oh, yeah. they go this off one, the rails on this. This one's very creative. Um, it's again, it's another immediate sequel. We're meant to believe this takes place immediately after the first Rudolph. Yeah. Um, but they do this thing like in the original Rudolph, like Rudolph grows to be a man <laughs> by the end of it. But for yep, all the Rudolph yep. sequels, they age him down again. He's a kid. Funny, yeah. I mean, he he's a yeah he's a, he becomes an adult before the ends of the events of the first one. Like I'm pretty sure when he takes that flight at you know the 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 you know the climactic flight you know to guide the sled, he's an adult. He's a full grown deer like the the rest of them. <laughs> and they they kind of just like it, you know ignored that and, and rewrote that aspect for the sequels, which I think is fine because uh, i i like the smaller like the you know characterization of, of rudolph anyway and yeah. i think like as far as like a plot how do you get rudolph involved in like new year's how do you make a mo like mythos about new year's i think this one's very fun that like each year has its own father time that like fucks off to an island that embodies <laughs> his year it's a cool yeah, idea. Like, it's a good concept. Yeah. And then the baby New Year goes missing because he's a deformed freak. <laughs> <laughs> his ears are too big. Someone at Rankin Bass had a real problem with someone like making fun of his ears. <laughs> Felt that to make a whole, I don't know. I, I unambiguously love this one. This one is one I have uh, a, a oh, lot yeah. of personal affection for. I know it's not the best of them, uh, especially mm -hmm. because like there's certain aspects oh, of I, plotting that are repetitive <laughs> it's like you know okay yeah, like, we like, he goes to dinosaur island and yeah. then fairy tale and then and then american independence island and then franklin's there they they obviously really wanted to make a fourth of july special like you could tell that here they have a whole song about it they got ben franklin joining the party and so you could you could see the gears turning in their head before they get to christmas in july oh yeah really, i really and, do like this one i was surprised by it the most so I, far yeah, I think the uh, I I think the, again the the characterization of the the narrator again con a consistently good element in these films from them. They got Red Skeleton this time, who is yeah ge generally unendurable in everything he was in, <laughs> except this. He's he's very good here, and it's because they don't let him act like a giant man baby. Oh, 
<laughs> well, he's already old by this point in the film. Yeah. I like I like Frank Gorshin as the knight. Mm. Yes. Ten, what was ten, it? Ten? Two, three, and he yeah. just shouts all his lines. Yes. And in, in, in the very exaggerated old timey speak. He's very funny. Yeah. Very good. And what a what a tour de force from Paul Fries in this Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Look at this man. Franklin, Santa, Eon the Terrible, Humpty Dumpty, my man. <laughs> I I this really one. like his characterization of Eon, especially. I feel like it's 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 oh, especially it's maybe the best embodiment of his big shitty guy routine, <laughs> as you call it. <laughs> I do love the um fairy tale stuff. Uh, this is the only one of this round Ezra could get through with me. Uh, she hated all these other movies. So, uh, I mean, even, you know. Even you even, were not a Santa Claus? Yes. Uh, wow. She wouldn't put up with it. Uh, this one, she was just fully entranced in. I think it is all the creativity and something new. I do like it. I like the, the audacity it has as well to just stop the story to retell the you know goldilocks legend again just straight in the middle yes. <laughs> it's just like yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna goldilocks again <laughs> hi <laughs> hello turn back the year <laughs> do the podcast again uh, so many, so many interruptions. I also really like the songs in this one, especially the Happy New Year song. I feel like that one's also exceedingly catchy. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, this one feels the most like Rankin Bass was trying to like make merchandise. Oh yeah. Because at one point, like Father Time says, "Oh, Rudolph was on his way to meet me, so I sent General Ticker, my number one soldier." And then they keep using that name, and General Ticker's like only in it for that sequence of escorting mm -hmm. Rudolph. Yeah. And they got the, what, what's it, the quarter past uh, five or it's something? Like quarter past five. I love it's a it. I love, camel with a clock. I love putting, like, <laughs> clocks in these animals that shouldn't have them. Oh, big, yeah. big Ben has a big clock big in his ben tail. Big Ben the whale. Yeah. yeah. Again, I just, think he's my favorite. Yeah. He's got a great voice. Who, who voices him? I should look uh, at him. Harold Perry. Very, he, he's very great and always one of the more, like, memorable aspects of the film to me. Again, like, it, and it has, the, I feel like this one has the sense of a grand adventure. Like, they're really going yeah. to this, This you one's, know. like, like A Year Without a Santa Claus, this one's very point-and-click adventure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I might, Extremely. I, I might say even more so, because, again, it's literally like, go to this island, then go to this island, yeah. then go to this island. I mean, Rudolph forgot he can fly. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> A lot of problems would be averted if Rudolph remembered he could fly. Mm -hmm. Are um, we sure it takes place after Rudolph? I don't see how it's yeah. It, it no, does. They literally no, say it, like because because Santa gets the message yeah, yeah, that the baby right. New Year's missing, and he's like, "Oh, well, we can't send anyone because the storm is still oh. going." Then how? Why? Why can't he fly? Do they? <laughs> he flies. Because that would he, make it too easy. Yeah. If he, 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 like he, I don't know. I, I'm assuming there's like a reasoning why there's some kind of i don't know but i guess the whole point is that he can see through fog with his he nose he flies so. at the very end he flies up to e eon's nest <laughs> yeah eventually yeah maybe he's um, tired from all the flying he did that night how do you guys feel about the moral to this one <laughs> uh, but you, should you laugh at people with differences is that is that the moral <laughs> to encourage no, them the, the them? thing is is that people with differences should be happy they have differences because it makes other people laugh that's straight up what Rudolph says. I think that's a good message for kids. <laughs> it's says, it's on par with ears. smile through the tears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me so happy to laugh at your differences. 
And don't you feel good that you're making other people feel good, you ungrateful child, you literal <laughs> baby? It's messy, isn't it? Yeah. I think I think it's something about embracing your differences, but it would be helpful if like Happy's difference was practical, like Rudolph's. Like that's the whole lesson of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, right? It's like to embrace yeah. what's unique about you. But again, that's all. That's only really harm will be ridiculed unless it can be exploited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Happy's ears don't get him anything, you know. No, if they no. if they had if he had like supersonic hearing or something, maybe, or like if, if he could you, use them. Is yeah, if like... he could use them as maybe like as skis or a sail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that sounds like a transition to me. So, uh, do you have any other? I mean, do we have any other jokes to put at Happy's expense? <laughs> I think I think the movie does more than enough for us on that account. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. the last one of this batch is Nestor the Long-Eared Donkey. Sorry, Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey. <laughs> um, how did how did you feel about this one, David? It it just felt like a worse Rudolph, like yeah. in concept, like. Okay, the whole idea is that we we ridicule this, you know, creature, this quadruped, this because, donkey. Yes, because of an ab, a physical abnormality, and it's also the thing that's you know. And, but they also have a special purpose in the context of Christmas. It's it's like it's worse Rudolph, and also with heavy religious connotations, you know, kind of over all of it. And it yeah. also just it's it, it blitzes by. Like I I kind of had to go back and like kind of see what the plot was again because i was like it just i I missed like the element of like yeah. what happened because we're like we're there we do it we're done credits and that's it mm -hmm. and this is another one that's based off of a song like but not a song that i'm familiar with no <laughs> i don't know I don't the song think... either yeah it's probably like some public domain crap i, I don't know <laughs> We've oh, got Roger Miller here as our narrator as Spieltoe, Santa's donkey, Santa's iconic donkey, yeah. who takes care of the reindeer. It really it's, it's also feels like it will be a second-rate Rudolph, too. Like it, That's exactly how it presents yeah. itself to be. Well, and, and it opened, the opening was really weird for me because I literally watched it back-to-back -back with Shiny New Year, and it opens on almost the exact same shot as the closing shot of, mm -hmm. of uh, Shiny New Year. I was like, what the, what the hell is this? Yeah, like, well, literally the same night? Yeah, well, Happy, uh, Spielto was telling the audience about Nestor. And it's not like they haven't used this. Again, they, they use this formula of a narrated presentation before. Of like, oh, you know, the character says something offhand about, oh, oh, you know, this this character. Oh, you don't know about him? Oh, let never me tell heard you. of Nestor, the Christmas donkey. And like, and 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 then like, so so that kind of happened. Like, like he talks a little bit about that. Then the credits take place, and immediately after the credits, he he, he kind of just jumps right back into it. He's like, so you want to hear more about Nestor? And it's like, no, no, I didn't ask to actually. I, <laughs> I wasn't. Get me out of the stable. I want to go in Santa's house. <laughs> yeah. It was it was not a very compelling story. <laughs> yeah, it's like this one's really well like animated compared. They do a lot with like especially with like the unique models they do for Nestor where he's like using his ears as a sail, which is yeah. a hilarious plot. Um Nestor it looks also good. Has... I don't think the rest just... looks that interesting. I, oh but... yeah. The I do want to say the sail thing. That's when I realized that the film was full of shit. Yeah. Because the big <laughs> the, the big thing that's like embarrassing for Nestor is that he just he has no control over his ears, so he's always tripping over them. But yeah. 
he, he literally is able to. Master, there's nothing he can do. <laughs> but so, but he's literally able to form them in the form of sails or use them to like gesture and stuff. But he's still tripping over his shit all the time. He's not able to like hold those back. I just don't believe it. <laughs> there, there was the movie's very mean spirited towards Nestor. It like is. the opening song is all about how farm animals are getting around and laughing at him, and then his mother dies keeping him warm through a blizzard. <laughs> there, um, is, there is one moment I did genuinely laugh out loud, and I, I'd like to think it was intentional, but it's hard to know. I, I think it was. And that's that when they were, like, trading currency, I can't remember the exact context, but, like, the, the stable owner was, like, trying to bribe the guard or something, and he was... Uh, using, do, do you yeah. remember? Yeah, anyway... It was just nickels, like they were actual nickels, yeah. like and, and, and like, but not like scaled. Like they, they weren't scaled to be like actual size. They were these giant tokens, you know, for them essentially, Big, and weighty Roman coins. Yeah, but they were literally just American nickels, and that yeah. that got a great laugh out of me. I thought I when I caught that, I thought that was the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, and Paul Freeze plays uh, both donkey dealers in this. He plays the Northern Donkey Dealer and the Bethlehem Donkey Dealer. Do you think they're related? Uh, I like that this establishes that, um, no, actually, Jesus's real first miracle was in the womb, and he convinced a stable owner to give up his long-eared donkey so his mama can ride on him. <laughs> yeah. Again, that's, that's kind of the hinge of the plot. Like, the plot is effectively, nobody likes Nestor, but then he's called upon to transfer Mary, like to carry Mary to Bethlehem to give birth to Jesus. Yeah. That's, that's the plot. And it's an unnecessary plot. First of all, that was well, never something I wondered. So, his ears are so long. He can hear the call of the angels through the, the, the sandstorm. <laughs> it's, it's literally just uh, worse. Rudolph. <laughs> how do you feel about Tilly the cherub? <laughs> yeah. Um, unnerved. Uh, I did notice like the, the upkeep of animation they had to keep her wings constantly going. And and kind I of... hate Tilly the Cherub. <laughs> I hate her voice. I hate looking at her. <laughs> She's got this this real whispery like voice. Like, hi! Hi there, Nestor! I'm a cherub! <laughs> I, she, God, I hate her. She gives me, she gives me the, the bad chills. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, this was not an exemplary production, I think, in, in any sense. Like, definitely on the much, much lower end for me. Well, should we start defining uh, which end these all these movies are on? We have uh, yeah. six new ones to add to our Rankin Bass canon. We, we yeah. do. Do we, do we want to go over the, the existing list? Yeah, yeah, I could run through it real quick here. At number one, we have Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Two, Frosty the Snowman. Three, The Little Drummer Boy. Four, Cricket on the Hearth, and five, Twas the Night Before Christmas. Okay. So, uh, beginning with Year Without a Santa Claus, I say that's number one now. I, <laughs> I feel that way, too. I definitely do. Um, again, I think there's perhaps a bit more purity in just, like, this telling of the Santa story and Santa Claus coming to town, but from a technical standpoint, I think it's hard to deny that Year Without a Santa Claus is uh, a very wonderful demonstration of the, you know, their skill set and step up from, you know, what they achieve in any of the prior specials. Uh, and again, the originality they really infuse into it and the, the different characterizations. Um, 
I just it, to me, it's like the perennial one. It's the one that stands out in my mind. I'd put it just in number two, but uh, I, I'm strong enough on it that I'd I'd be fine with moving it all the way up. Great. What it's do you close like enough. about coming to town over year without? I think I like how grounded in the Christmasness it is, and and like the Santa Claus origin story of it. I like the new characters better. Um, uh, the Miser Brothers are great. I mean, uh, there's Yeah. not not much I dislike. I I just rate coming to town like eight out of ten, and maybe Do you year think without a Santa Winter Claus Warlock is seven. would beat Snow Miser in a fight? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, Interesting. I, I will say that the the biggest issue with Year Without Santa Claus is that it is missing some nice topper energy. Yeah. I I mean I just like that whole thing about coming to town having like that uh spin on tradition and being like emblematic of what a Rankin Bass special could really be. They're But this very one really close. stands alone. They're, they're very close to me in terms of their quality and their representative uh, aspects of what the, the Rankin Bass specials, you know, what makes them so unique and I think uh, timeless. I think I think coming to town has a better plot, There's, a better story, yeah, exactly. but but Year Without a Santa Claus is so fun <laughs> to me. It's yeah. like it's like a review. It's Hmm. like It's so got better energetic songs too. the songs are peppy. Yeah, Charlie Yeah. Chaplin's there. Yes, yes, that's something we didn't mention. Charlie Chaplin's hanging out in the crowd in in uh, Southtown. There is a lot to like about it. I mean, it's just only a notch below for me, so uh, I think I won't it's, it's argue it out of the top two, of that's course. fair, but yeah, yeah, I think top two for sure for both of them. So, Great. year then Santa. Um, Now, All right. now, first Christmas, the first Christmas. <laughs> This was what do my we do hot with take. this? I think that's worse than Twas the Night. And I know that's Oh. because I have nostalgia for one and the other one I'm seeing for the first time. I'm willing to accept maybe... First Christmas is how you guys felt about Twas the Night. The, the, But my I issue think with Twas the Night has more charm and fun. my, my issue with Twisted Mind is I just literally didn't remember anything afterwards except for Nightmare Santa. Uh, Me I neither. didn't. And I remembered everything about this one because it was so grotesque. Um, Like there, there was at least some things I, I recalled. I recalled the, you know, again, the freak blinding. That's always funny. That's always a, a, an anomaly thing. Um, Okay. Well, speaking of like grotesque things that have freak blinding, <laughs> Cricket on the Hearth has all that. yeah. But Cricket on the Hearth is like fun to watch. Yes. I think I, First Christmas is painfully boring. it's definitely worse than cricket I don't think on the it would hearth. hold up on any rewatch. I'd be fine with between cricket and, of the hearth and uh twas the night i'd I'd put first Christmas in there I think because it is like the animagic style and maybe I give it a little uh notch Yeah. above twas the night which I just didn't like animation wise at all You're wrong. You're so wrong, but I'm I'd outvoted. I, I yeah that's that's definitely how I feel as well again it's but it's really like splitting hairs like I couldn't care It is. less about I, both of them really This is one where I'd give them both the same low score of like a 2 out of 10 or something. So it's uh, a pretty trivial when we get down to it. I, I don't like the title of this less than any other title of Rankin and Bass. If if you really wanted to push for it, I might be convinced to to think less of First Christmas. But like again, I'm I'm incredibly indifferent to both of them. David, David, please back. Even <laughs> a miracle needs a hand. again, like part part of the problem is I just I literally have almost zero recollection for Twas the Night. Like, how can I even have an opinion on it anymore? Except that it was so underwhelming that it is entirely forgettable. Okay, maybe, maybe let's let's put a pin in first Yeah, Christmas. Let's I put think a it's pin there. I think it's fine where it is, but uh, let's see where we we end up with these Okay. others first.
um, then we have uh, what do we have next? The Little Drummer Boy book two. Yes. Now, it, which, I think that's better than the first one. For sure, for me. It's not better I, than Frosty, though. I know. I think it's better than Frosty myself. I have That's more insane. fun with it. But again, like, well, like I said, I said in the first one, Frosty is like the bar. I'm like, Frosty, it does the job. It, mm. it succeeds in what it sets out to do. And I think the Little Drummer Boy is slightly more than that in terms of that. It sets out to be very kind of odd, you know, and really just like kind of going out all out with this idea here. And I think it achieves that. And then a little bit of some with that extra like zero Mostel charm thrown in there and such. Like for the entertainment value, I think it's just uh, fantastic. Again, it's it's not as cohesive as something like Frosty, but I I would feel more compelled to revisit Little Drummer Boy for its kind of like insane oddball factor. I'd rather watch Frosty any day, honestly. I I, I never want to yeah. see this Little Drummer Boy two again. I don't he's, like the he's... Little Drummer Boy. He's a he's an annoying little shit. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. The thing about Book, a hard Drummer Boy it. Book Two is like the good bit you could just find on YouTube. Right. Yeah. The, the, yeah. the money song, you can just pull that up on YouTube. Um, <laughs> I did like the whole thing, the though. Special to see the good bit. Frosty, I, I'll put on and watch till the end. That's that's very fair. I knew this was going to be my, my controversial opinion of it, but uh, I, I wanted to, to advocate here for the money song. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I, yeah, I think Drummer Boy Book 2, below Frosty, but above the original. Okay, and you think it is better than Cricket? I... Yeah. Yeah, because okay. we said Cr- cricket boy, again. Cricket, cricket is actually bad. But it's you guys bad say that you want to like watch it. cricket often, and it sounds I, like we only want to watch the money song of this. No, no, I like I like the all of the especially again. Like I don't like all of the cricket I, on the hearth either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the ironic enjoyment of cricket on the hearth can only carry it so far. It's already <laughs> above at this point two other things, and and it's probably again like from just from like a technical standpoint, it's definitely inferior to both of those. Like the animation isn't great on either of the other two, but it's not actively horrendous either. <laughs> Next, okay. we have one I could really go any way on, which is Frosty's Winter Wonderland. I don't I don't know where that. Here's my is. hot take. Here's my 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 frosty melting take. I put that above the first frosty. No. <laughs> See, I I felt about it the same I did the first frosty, and I was kind of oscillating between the two. Again, I could I could go either way between the two, but ultimately I decided I was a little lower. And since I'm such an advocate for Little Drummer Boy two, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna insist that we have to put Winter Wonderland below that. Find oh. it between the drummer boys, actually. Oh. I think that's the move. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a great move. Oh, where you go, Mr. Punch, I can't follow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No, because here's my here's my my turgid defense. I think Frosty, the original, is like too clean. Uh, Whereas Winter Wonderland deal. has that Rankin Bass jank to it that makes it charming. The the thing I again, the thing I really like about the Winter Wonderland is Jack Frost. It's not Frosty. Frosty I'm not terribly compelled by in that one. The the expansion of the Frosty story, him getting a wife, it's it's very predictable and mundane. The thing that creates like energy and life for that special is the element of Jack Frost and the chaos he brings to it. Mm-hmm. So I think in terms of if it's setting out to be a story about, you know, Frosty finding this relationship with another snow person, it's not really a success. Again, if, as, as we kind of talked about, in fact, it's creepy. It's really weird the way they yeah, go about the it's execution. Off-putting, of that. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. The first one's not off-putting. No. Um, no. 
it's charming and clean. Yeah, like again, say, I, I see, I see what you say. It's too clean for a Rankin Bass special, though. Well, again, like I said, I think Frosty's the bar again. Like yeah. it sets out and achieves exactly that, no more, no less. This is just mm. below that bar, I think. Uh, it's I think yeah, again, fair. there's there's aspects of it I like more, but okay. again, it's it's definitely not as you know mm. compelling, and, and and it definitely doesn't. Uh, I don't think it would sit well on its own. Like, can you imagine trying to watch this? but not the original Frosty. <laughs> I have. <Yeah>. You have? <laughs> uh, yeah, I have some years. Okay. <laughs> I, I will concede putting it below Frosty. I just wanted to make my case. What about okay. uh, below Drummer Boy 2? That's what sounds like two. the difficulty is. Is it better than Drummer Boy 2? I, I feel like Drummer Boy 2 is exactly the kind of insanity that I want out of a sequel. I, again, it's, it's, it's straying away from you know, the, the simplicity of the first one, it's integrating again, but still integrating well-known Christmas aspects. Like again, like by trying to have the silver bells aspect of it in there, it's just, it's very odd, but has a whole story of, you know, kind of like ups and downs as well that the Mm -hmm. the first definitely doesn't. And uh, it's got great music. I think the music is definitely there. I don't think there's any good new songs that winter wonderland really brings in the fold. Right. I don't think it even has songs. I, I think, think it just has like musical like sentences. Yeah. yeah. It has like interludes as songs. Yeah. And again, Z- yeah. Zero Mostel is, is really great as a character within the film as well. And, uh, you know, again, the, the only one. Arms. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I think he, I think he outdoes uh, Paul Freese as, as Jack Frost in terms of the, the presence he brings. Are you, are you Murph? Are you fine with putting that in? Putting Drummer Boy tortured. 2 above Frosty 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. No? Think about the money no. song. Think think I... about the money song. Yeah, but like, <sighs> I think Frosty's Winter Wonderland better stands on its own feet, whereas Little Drummer Boy Book 2 is only made better in the presence of Drummer Boy 1 being worse. <laughs> Maybe if that makes sense. I I mean I can I can see that again like I in terms of like the like, comparison could you just of be like like on a on a cold winter's night you're looking for something to watch you've got like a mold wine in one hand and you're like let's put on Drummer Boy Book Two and only Drummer Boy Book Two. Here's It'd be here, depressing. Here's, yeah. here's what I'll say against book, Drummer Boy Book Two and and also just in the Drummer Boy in general is that it's less Christmassy for sure. Like I, it's mm. not strictly Christmas vibes. Uh, and that's, I, I think, a problem I have with a lot of the more, you know, Bethlehem-centric ones is that I don't feel like it, it, it doesn't feel like Christmas to me. Christ core. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I don't know, again, like, I just, I was I was very surprised by it. I'm not, I'm not willing to give up this fight yet. I need, we need Calvin to be the tiebreaker here. Isn't that, isn't it funny that Frosty doesn't know how to count? That he thinks uh, eight <laughs> is a nine? Doesn't that's... that amuse you? Yes. <laughs> Because they say, look at Frosty Skate making a figure nine. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a good moment in Frosty's yeah. livelihood? That uh... he he doesn't know how to count, so he doesn't know how to make numbers. <laughs> right. Which uh, um, I mean, we don't know a lot about Frosty. He's uh, he yes. writes on 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 paper with an ice quill. Yeah, that's that's a cool thing he does. Um. Yeah, I, I um, 
like Santa Claus, what does Frosty do all year until he comes back? I I I think that Frosty is also. I'm not that well, he's going to be boys. doing a lot more now that he's got a wife. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like the wife though. I don't like Crystal. I, uh, I think it. it she's not much of a character. Is is kind of oh, like the no. thing. She's just she is, Frosty's wife. To be Frosty's wife. It's possessive. Oh. Her whole existence yeah. is possessive. Yeah, Frosty's sex bot. I get. I like the premise of Little Drummer Boy two way more than Frosty. It's just again, it's it's not expected at all, but it's kind of so crazy enough that it works and yeah. it has like a full I, story. Just I so our list, me, it, just so the list yeah. isn't Frosty, Frosty, Drummer Boy, Drummer Boy. I think it makes sense to to split them up there. I think that looks better. Uh, I don't know. I think for me, it comes down to is Frosty's Winter Wonderland has more of that classic feel to it. I, I also Whereas want to put Drummer forth. Boy 2 feels like fan fiction. I, I do also want to put forth that again, it's another animagic quality versus regular animation here. That you know, we have an argument of four. I think the animagic helps sell, uh, you know, a bit more that it feels a bit more Rankin Bass, even though Frosty is traditional, you know, uh, hand animation. But the the animagic is part of what makes these specials so you know memorable and distinctive. Mm-hmm. I mean, my vote's for Frosty, but I think David has a bigger argument than I do for Frosty. So, but but I also vote for Frosty above I know. Drummer Boy. So if we combine our votes, okay, should we do it? Should we sanction yeah. this Frosty uh, Winter Wonderland? Okay, I'm feeling Look, so shut out. It being below Frosty one, I'm not letting it go any lower. <laughs> I think that makes sense with what we still have left to do on the list too. It'll, it'll... So now we have uh, we have Rudolph two. Yeah, without Rudolph uh, one on the list, by the way, so that's not factored yeah. into where it's placed. Yeah, I, I think. By the way, just in case anyone's curious, I I would probably put Rudolph just at the tippy tippy top here. I'd have it in top three. Yeah, one of those mm-hmm. three would be Rudolph for uh, me. I I think it would be one, honestly. Oh. Well, oh, hmm. That's a that. We're not we're not counting yeah, things I'm just like saying. Mary Romer on this. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. That's a tangent we don't need to go down. Yeah. Um, but okay. I think in the case of Shiny New Year, again, uh, it, it to me it feels like part of the Rankin Bass canon, like more distinctly than most everything else here. Uh, so it's in the top three, I think. I think it goes with that trilogy there of coming to town and, and year without Santa Claus. And I think it's just coming in right behind those two. I and would above put Frosty. it behind coming to town, but above Frosty. I would too. That's exactly. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's, that's what right. I say. No debate easy. needed. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's our okay. easiest play- placement yet, which I thought I, well, it was it's, so it's convoluted not, that it would be hard. It's. I think it's the obvious one again because it has so much of the charm and the distinctive qualities, but because it is a bit more separated, you know, from the Christmas mm-hmm. canon, so to speak. It's. Yeah. Uh, it's a New Year's movie. Yeah. yeah. It is, but a great one. <laughs> Aren't we just ranking the Christmas specials? Did this sneak it's, it's in? Part of it. <laughs> okay. It starts. It starts on Christmas. Yeah, it starts on Christmas. That's right. Okay. I, yeah. I somewhat think it's a New Year's movie, but um, okay, it's the third best Christmas movie, Rudolph's yeah. New Year. Congrats. Yeah. I mean, Frosty's doesn't take place at Christmas. No. It might be February for all we know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So now it's Nestor. Okay. <laughs> this is hard. Right? Uh, 
I, I think Nestor is better than First Christmas, at least I'll say there. Like, if we're going to compare, like, the Animagic ones, uh, it's definitely better than that. Nestor's animation I, looks good, um, at least. Yes, I think Nestor is better than First Christmas. But uh, going back to that earlier discussion, I do not think it's better than Twas the Night. Okay, well, here, here I guess here's the thing we need to say, at least. Can we all agree it's worse than Cricket on the Hearth? Yes, sure. I'll, 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 I'll take that. Yes. Okay. So, so now, really, we just have to sort out this bottom three then of Nestor, <laughs> First Christmas, and Twas the Night. So, what you need to do, Murph, then, is that you need to sell Calvin and I on why Twas the Night Before Christmas is even like like remotely memorable enough to place above either of these two. That's that's the issue we're having. I, I think. I think that Twas the Night Before Christmas, if you were to watch it again you would find it uh, more memorable because you're not having to, uh, you're not experiencing it for the first time. And you're like, oh yeah, there's that song number and that uh, plot point of Santa damning a town. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the music in Twas the Night is better than First Christmas because you've got Joel Grey singing and you've got that uh, song about stroking Santa's ego. (laughs) Santa, we need you today. We're mm-hmm. calling out Santa, Santa. Um, I think First Christmas is just very bland and tasteless and odorless. I think it's got no like real like fun energy to it. Um, like you sort of got the the Father Thomas character singing about how you should save Christmas. But I didn't even remember that musical number until I rewatched it before this podcast. I'm I'm surprised by that because that was definitely the most memorable thing to me, aside from the lightning blinding. Because again, it was so like it seemed antithetical to what a Christmas special should be. So it so it definitely stuck out in my mind. You say the move is to move "Twas the Night" up above "First Christmas" and then move this below "First Christmas" or move this above "First Christmas." In that case, I think for me, my bottom three would go "Twas Nestor." first christmas that's what i'm saying yeah i think that might be the what what i want as well I, yeah you know i just i'm so I uninvested in, in how <laughs> any of these succeed above twas but i'm not budging on twas being worse than first christmas <laughs> i just think I, nestor looks good and nothing does in twas but but i could do it i could i could go with it well i mean what's what's compelling about nestor aside from the uh, you know, the animation, which again is, uh, you know, we'll say again, not the most revolutionary to begin with here. You know, it's like, it's an animagic one, but yeah, it's also I just, think... it doesn't do anything. Like it's not, it's not assisting in anything. It's not a good vehicle. Like the story of Nestor is so, you know, like over and done with. So nothing to begin with. I think it's the closest thing Rankin Bass has to a black comedy. <laughs> okay. If you view it at the lens as we're supposed to be laughing at Nestor the entire time, it's funny. I don't though. I think they want you to sympathize with him again. It's it yeah. feels like just far inferior Rudolph is the premise. Mm-hmm. But is inferior Rudolph still better than Nightmare Santa? Mm. I guess there is Nightmare Santa. I do forget there is at least one memorable thing about Twas the Night. That's fair. Let's let's call it our bottom three. And, okay. Uh, let's okay. Should we wrap so. up by should I read out what we have? Yeah. Number yes. one. Year Without Santa Claus. Fantastic movie. We all love mm-hmm. it. Two, Coming to Town. 
3. Rudolph's New Year. 4. Frosty the Snowman. 5. Frosty's Winter Wonderland. 6. Drummer Boy Book 2. 7. Drummer Boy. 8. Cricket on the Hearth. 9. Twas the Night Before Christmas. 10. Nestor. 11. First Christmas. I'm a little salty right. still about Drummer Boy 2. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you can make it up in the third episode. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I mean, I'm we... surprised you got it that high, honestly. So I, I don't think. <laughs> what, what do you mean you're surprised I got it that high? You guys agreed that it's better than the first one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got but... it exactly where you wanted it. He's a silly yeah. little boy drumming for Jesus. I still don't care about him. So let me ask were you going to say that Winter Wonderland is worse than Drummer Boy 1? No. No, I think it's better okay. than Drummer Boy 1. Okay. Okay. If it, if it had been up to me, I would have, again, I, I would have put it above the original Frosty, too, but I know I couldn't have that. So I would have gone, I, I would have been happy to compromise Frosty, Drummer 2. I think it's insane. You Frosty. think it's better than the original Frosty the Snowman? That's... Yeah, I get Fro- Frosty. It's, it's simple. It does the job. Nothing more. It gets in and out. It's good. Good movie. I think Drummer Boy is just, it's wild and crazy and weird and funny. And yeah, and, and again, it, it doesn't have to make all the sense. I'm, I'm fine mm-hmm. with it being totally offbeat and, you know, not, not everything coming together. Because the things that do come together, I right. think, are more successful. <laughs> yeah, and if you want to get, like, to the really wild Rankin-Bass specials, that's pretty much all of episode three is going to be. Okay. <laughs> episode three is all weird ones, and unfortunately, they're all, like, we have no short ones. Is oh, there, no. now there's got to be like one, 51 minutes. I know there's an hour and a half. It's a full feature one. Yeah, which no. is 49. Jesus. The rest are all 50. That sounds terrible. <laughs> okay, there, no, okay there, there is one that's 24 minutes at least. But otherwise, we're, we're, we're in full oh, yeah, I guess hour length. Leprechaun's Christmas Gold is short. Spoilers. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, look forward to that one. <laughs> but yeah, so... We'll, we'll buckle down. We'll get through the rest of this week, and next week we'll be back with the the final installment of ranking Rankin Bass Christmas specials. Yeah. We, maybe Did we'll you... announce our new project after that. Yeah, uh, whatever our new director is. So. Yeah. So uh, check us out next week. Tune in and uh, keep uh, keep your eyes on thetwingeeks.com for all reviews, retrospectives, features, n- new classic and contemporary cinema as well as all of the newest podcasts from the Twin Geeks Network, including five numbers, uh, three letters, five words. Well, some I, of that's true. <laughs> yeah. I feel so I feel so ashamed on Calvin's behalf. Look, look, I don't I don't feel as bad because Steven messed it up last week too. So I'm Man, I'm at least on the same level as him. I don't think David's ever heard a rap song before. So <laughs> Well, well, do you want to save me the embarrassment here, Cal, and, and reinform me what your yeah. podcast is? Three letters, five mics, or rap podcast. We'll have a Kendrick I, I was Lamar close. I was close. Coming. I got the three letters at least. <laughs> so yeah, so check out that one. Uh, I've got the ranking the monsters as well, uh, bi-weekly basis still. You guys did your last one here on two Gamera films. That one was really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's a fun one. And yeah. we're doing a special with friends soon that'll That'll be cool. Ooh, so. Cool, cool. Looking forward to that. Uh, Should I date... uh, an- announce a new podcast here? Uh, Another new one. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, it, is, going... it is Christmas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to go through the um, filmography of Charles Ruxburg and Matt Farley with uh, some of our friends and talk about Ooh. the modern, modern media 
Um, don't let the motor cast get you. It should be coming out next week. This week, hey. it might be up by now. That's great. Who's on that one? Is it you? It'll and... be me, Matt, our our friend Matt, not not Matt Farley. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you couldn't get Matt Farley for the Matt Farley podcast. That's... He'll be coming on. He'll be coming on for uh, certain episodes, I believe. So that's great. Um, we've been working with him. He sent us all of their movies, so uh, we have access to everything. And so it's me, Jack. Stephen and Matt uh, are Matt, not not Matt Farley. Um, mm-hmm. you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna have to tell him to change his name because this is gonna yeah. be confusing. Uh, you'll find out why his new name's Hedgehog on the on the podcast <laughs> if you listen. Is <laughs> a personal life story from Matt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so so keep your eye out for that one. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll mention it again when it actually uh, drops here. And now uh, you do Daydreamcast still on Daydreamcast, yes, because there is a a episode on the horizon here. The 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 game uh, game of the year, nineteen eighty six, coming soon. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to that one. So I think after Christmas, maybe by New Year, we'll have that out. I I think it's gonna be really exciting again because if you take a look at nineteen eighty six, it's a crazy Stacked year. Stacked here, right? Yeah, you guys thought eighty five was hard. The arguments on this one, I can't it's, wait. It's gonna it's gonna beat out us deciding whether Twas the Night is better than the <laughs> All right, well, I think that's all our podcast of this as of this time. Uh, you also have a website. I, yeah, I plugged the website. I said that at the very beginning. I usually end with it, but I started with it this time. It used to be about the articles, David. Now it's all about the podcasts. I know. Well, that's that's just the nature of the beast. That's what people want, you know, that's what they respond to. Written, the written word you, is dead. It's all about the money, money, money. 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 Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, of course. Keep it out for us next weekend. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. Conversations and I post them online for entertainment. It's nice to know at least you listen to the show because it's quite the possibility that nobody is listening to me in this modern world. Things have changed, everybody's entertaining. Who's being entertained?